What is green? Apart from a color, obviously. It's the most important word in the world because it's at the heart of the battle to finance climate action. We need to understand what's really good for the environment and what's really going to slow climate change so that we can find the money to pay for it. If it's truly green, then it's going to help save humanity. And you'll find out what it is here with our Dictionary of Green Finance. I'm Matt, and this is Climate Solutions from the European Investment Bank. The Digital Footprint, a story about the Jeevens Paradox. Glossary, Digital Emissions, ICT, Decarbonization, Jeevens Paradox. You assume that listening to a podcast is better for the environment than buying a magazine printed on glossy paper. You didn't cut down any trees to print it or fuel any trucks to get it into your hands. From an environmental point of view, you're feeling pretty good, right? By doing things virtually, such as buying and storing a book in the cloud, we emit less carbon dioxide compared to the physical world, buying the book in the bookshop. But is that really true? Guess what? Your digital listening requires energy for both your phone and for the servers hosting the podcast platform, as well as for all the technology involved in transmitting it to your device. If we want to measure the impact of digitalization on the climate, there are two things we need to know. First, the emissions generated by the information and communications technology industry as part of its operations. From now on, I'm going to refer to it as ICT for the sake of ease. Second, we need to know the effects that the application of ICT services can induce on other sectors of the economy and of our daily life. Let's deal with ICT industry emissions then. The ICT industry is an industry, so it emits carbon dioxide and it's contributing to climate change. But it's not easy to measure these emissions. Some studies state that the CO2 emitted by digital technologies has increased by around 450 million tons since 2013 in OECD countries. Other studies indicate that emissions have flattened out in recent years because ICT equipment is more energy efficient. One thing we can say is that the ICT industry is already based on the use of electricity as the source of energy for its operations. So at least for its operations, it's already decarbonized and will be able to benefit from further improvements in the decarbonization of energy generation. At the same time, ICT is a key contributor to this decarbonization, which brings us to the second point, the use of ICT to reduce CO2 emissions. Smart grids, smart cities, Industry 4.0, Earth observation satellites, these are all things that make energy uses more efficient. And they're all based on ever smaller and more powerful ICT devices and solutions. But now things get tricky. You may think that continuous leaps in digital technology bring down the resources needed to produce all this technology. Something called Moore's Law tells us that the number of transistors that fit onto a microchip doubles every two years. This is largely the driving force behind our technology getting smaller and more efficient. But let us take you back to a day before digitalization, before cars, back to 1865, the year Abraham Lincoln was sworn in for his second term, the first Printemps department store opened in Paris, and British economist William Stanley Jeevens came up with his paradox. A paradox is a proposition that appears to make no sense, but on further investigation it turns out to be quite true. The Jeevens paradox started with steam engines in England in the 19th century. Watt 
developed a new design for steam engines that immensely increased their efficiency. So in turn, people predicted a reduction in the demand for coal. More efficient engines, less coal needed to run them. However, Jeevans observed that because the engines were more efficient, people used the engines more. In the end, that meant more coal was used. As Sherlock Holmes once observed, there is nothing more deceptive than an obvious fact. The same rebound effect is clearly at work in digitalization. The cost of transmitting one megabyte of data has come down dramatically, both in monetary terms and in terms of the environmental impact. But that means we use more data. That increases the total megabytes transmitted and keeps raising the financial and environmental cost. Think about video conferencing. In theory, video conferencing should reduce the need to meet up in person, saving all those miles of air travel and reducing our carbon footprints. In practice, digital tools have inspired companies to create more geographically dispersed teams than before. Well, these teams like to get together in person every now and then, and when they have those big meetings, it results in a lot of emissions. Streaming will be another example for new demands created by ICT. Old linear TV broadcasters would use a limited number of TV broadcasting stations that would all emit the same signal to everyone. Streaming suppliers today offer a personalized experience. To deliver a good service without any latency and cuts, streaming providers are installing data centers across the world to store their content as close as possible to the final user. To distribute the signal to your device, there's an individual data stream from the data center to your living room. And this individual stream requires electricity over the telecommunication infrastructure. Feeling glum about all this? Don't worry, let's look into the benefits of digitalization. A recent report by the Global E-Sustainability Initiative, which is an initiative of the ICT industry, estimates that ICT could lead to the abatement of 1.34 gigatons of carbon dioxide in 2030 compared to what it would have been if we carried on as we were. The report estimates that the emissions saved us seven times the growth in the ICT sector's own footprint in the same period. Even so, does this industry need to clean up its act? Well, some of the market forces driving innovation in ICT, like the competition to produce smaller and cheaper products, also drives progress towards a smaller environmental footprint. Smaller processors require less material to produce. Because they want to compete on price, companies are driven to look at life cycle cost, meaning that they're starting to focus on how much a certain product or solution costs to run, not just to buy. This will always include the energy costs. So ICT companies have an incentive to produce solutions for companies that use less energy. The new generations of fiber optic networks, or the fifth generation of mobile technology, 5G, are great examples. They're expected to include a large improvement in energy efficiency based on the amount of energy required to transmit a bit of data. In order to be able to provide enhanced services to their customers and, at the same time, control their energy costs, telecom operators will be eager to roll out these new technologies. But remember, if advanced services are made available, users will um, use them. This will almost certainly mean further growth in the number of bits transmitted, which might in the end outpace the energy efficiency improvements of these new technologies. One of the areas in which ICT needs to change is electronic waste. New devices appear frequently, and so we throw out our old devices quite often. 
there are more and more of those devices too, as more and more of our life becomes digital, we need regulations and solutions to manage this waste. Which brings us to the idea of our next episode, The Virtuous Circle, a story about taking the waste out of the take-make-waste economy. Don't miss that episode or any other episode. Subscribe to Climate Solutions from the European Investment Bank, the EU Climate Bank. Thanks for listening.